I know it. I know it. it's weird. It's weird. Reagan's not in here to do the intro. I know. I understand. But uh, your boy is flying solo tonight. You could call me Jason Derulo. I'm Ryan Solo. I'm Ryan Solo. I'm Ryan Solo. Uh, but no, uh, we're going to have a good time tonight. Uh, Reagan is with his wife. His wife, McKenna, is having her birthday tomorrow. So let's give an early Happy birthday to McKenna, Reagan's wife, uh, my sister-in-law. Super excited for her. And Zeke's birthday, Reagan's son, is actually the day after on the 28th. So, yes, crazy times. Yes, McKenna had Zeke the day after her birthday. Um, so, super excited for them. They're down this weekend and getting to visit with family and friends. So, they're over at McKenna's family tonight getting to eat her birthday dinner with her family. Uh, we certainly understand that, but we've got a lot to get into for tonight's show. Uh, we're going to get into some L all things LSU football here to start the show. We're going to discuss uh, just everything that's been happening this past week, some new things that we've we've found out about LSU football, and then we will, of course, get into previewing uh, the running backs room, and I'm really excited about that as well. Uh, we're going to be bringing in Carter Bryant. A lot of y'all probably know him from Power Hour LSU. Um, I'm really excited to get to have him join the show. This is honestly, I think, the first time that we have brought on Carter to the show. Uh, I'm pretty sure it is the first time. So I'm excited to get to have him on the show tonight uh, just to get his take on the running backs. And not just his take on the running backs, but his take really on the entire season. We're going to get to get his prediction, uh, his his record prediction, and then just uh, his overall prediction for the year um, for this LSU football team. Obviously, Brian Kelly coming into his first season. We want to get his take uh, on the Tigers and, and what he thinks the season, how he thinks the season is going to play out. So let's go ahead and let's get into it right now. First of all, I, I'm really excited because – Guys, we are a week away from Tigers. Uh, maybe a little bit more than a week. We've got a week in like two days, right? Because LSU kicks off uh, on Sunday, September the 4th. And I'm, I'm really excited because me and Reagan are actually getting to go down there. Uh, me and two other friends, along with Reagan, will be traveling down to New Orleans uh, to get to watch the game. Really excited. Uh, we get to visit with the Balcony Bengals down there. Might get to visit some family as well. Um, cause a lot of our family is down in that area near the New Orleans area. And so I'm just really excited because college football is here and I know it sounds crazy, but y'all better believe that tomorrow I'm going to be watching the Florida state Duquesne or however you say it, du du 
Deskin. I don't know. I think I'm saying it correctly. I think it's Duquesne. But however you pronounce it, they're from Pittsburgh, some no-name college football team from Pittsburgh. You better believe I'm going to be watching that game on Saturday because obviously it has a somewhat of an effect on LSU. You're going to get to see Florida State and how they're looking. Now, I understand the level of opponent is not going to be great. Um, they're going to be playing, like I said, some no-name school, Duquesne. But I want to see how Florida State looks. Um, I know that – and we'll start getting into the Florida State preview, especially next week um, when we come on the show, which, by the way, starting um, on Monday the, the after the LSU-Florida State game, uh, Reagan and I will be going back to two shows. So we're, we're planning on for sure on Monday nights. Uh, we know Blake's show starts at 7, so we're probably going around 8 o'clock, 8.15 on Monday nights. And then we, we haven't quite figured out what we're going to do for the second show day-wise because, obviously, on Friday nights, there is a lot of people that are going to Friday night football games. And so after uh, our last two shows tonight with Carter and then next week with Blake, uh, to wrap up the hashtag Make Small Podcast Great Again Tour, I'm surprised I didn't mess it up. That's a, that's a, that's a mouthful. Um, pause. But – um, I'm excited that uh, we are going to be looking at going back to two shows here very soon. So let's go ahead and let's get right into it. Listen, guys, there's been a lot that has happened in this past week. Uh, some changes and potential starters that we're going to be potentially seeing to come out against Florida State. Um, Colby Richardson has continued to surprise people. Uh, he was the theme two weeks ago when we when we brought on our show after the scrimmage. He was a, a big factor last week uh, in our show as he continued to run with the ones. And it seems pretty evident. I mean, we're almost a week out, and it seems pretty evident that Colby Richardson is going to be your other island spot across from Jarrett Bernard Converse, which which is pretty massive. Now, I got to be completely honest. Uh, it, it worries me a little bit. It really does uh, because you have a transfer from McNeese and that, that's no no shot at him or by any means. But, I mean, you're and, and we understand that that position group was very thin and you had to bring in a lot of guys, and you did. You brought in Seven Banks. You brought in Jarrett Bernard Converse. You brought in Makai Garner uh, and some really good players there. But it, it does worry me a little bit that, the main guy that is going to be opposite of Jarek is, is going to be a transfer from McNeese that we didn't even really know about three weeks ago. Uh, and so I got to be honest, that's, that is a little concerning. Now, part of it is probably just him performing well and, and he may just be the best guy out there to be opposite of Jarek, but it's still pretty worrisome. Uh, and I understand, I understand that there are guys that come from the JUCO ranks, come from lower tier college programs, and they end up dominating at, at, in, at the SEC level. I understand that. Um, but I think y'all can also understand my concern where we have a walk-on transfer from McNeese that is going to be the starting corner. Uh, I mean, it's a little worrisome. but. I have to be optimistic. Uh, I, I'm more of a I'm more of a pessimistic type person, but I'm going to try to be a little bit more optimistic. 
about that and assume that he is just performing really well and that we are just looking at a guy that has come up and outperformed all those other guys that we that we know all all too well. So we'll see how that plays out. I definitely will be watching that position and watching him whenever we get to the Florida State game. Um, another big thing that we heard from Brian Kelly is that on Monday or Tuesday, this upcoming Monday or Tuesday, um, they are going to make an announcement on who will be the starting quarterback. And I think, um, you know, everybody has voiced their opinion. Um, we have as well on here. And I, I think that that is going to be Jaden Daniels. I think that he gets the edge because of the experience. And I know that what, what I'm saying there is no new news to anybody. I know there's a lot of people out uh, that have made that projection in LSU media. And, of course, uh, LSU podcasts, a lot of people have made that projection. Um, but I, I mean, when he's been he's been running with the ones, um, and he has that that thirty plus game experience uh, that Nussmeier doesn't have. Uh, Nussmeier also missed uh, a huge practice and scrimmage uh, a couple weeks ago when he had the ankle injury, and I think that also plays a factor. It, he is one less practice. Uh, he has one less practice than Jane Daniels does, and so I. I fully expect for Jaden Daniels to be named the spark, the starter when it comes uh, on Monday or Tuesday, and we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but either way, I, Blake has mentioned this on his show on AYS. Either way, I'm I'm really excited because both of those quarterbacks I feel like uh, were the best option. Um, I, obviously, Miles Brennan has stepped away from the program, but we mentioned on here, it really felt like it was a two quarterback race. And I really feel like those two guys are the best uh, out, out of in the quarterback room that are going to be competing, obviously this year, obviously you take into consideration Walker Howard and Walker Howard is probably the best quarterback in the quarterback room. But considering the two guys that are going to be playing this year um, and going to ultimately be the main guys, um, I have high hopes for LSU. And as Reagan mentioned on the last show, you know, let's consider what if Jaden Daniels has the type of season that he had his freshman year? What then is going to happen? So those are big things that we need to consider. Um, but announcement is coming on Monday or Tuesday, and I fully expect it to be Jaden Daniels. Uh, I'm excited about that because I think the upside for this season um, is lies greater in uh, starting Jane Daniels. Now, I think that ultimately that Garrett Nussmeyer may um, – obviously, Jaden has better wheels, but we're going to see. Um, so, obviously, be wet Monday or Tuesday. Uh, obviously, a lot of LSU fans are going to be uh, looking for that, and we will as well. Um, we do have edit for either guy. Um, when the announcement comes. So really excited for that. Um, the other thing that was a really, really big note to make uh, from this past week is that the offensive line has shifted some in the starting rotation. Um, and Brian Kelly made it pretty clear. Uh, we had, obviously, last night was Brian Kelly's radio show from TJ Ribs. Got to listen in to most of that. 
uh, and was really pleased with what he said. And from what we have heard, it seems like Will Campbell and Garrett Dellinger, they are the most solidified starters, which is really, really also encouraging considering what the big news from last week. The big news from last week was that there was problems at the center position with Garrett Dellinger getting the snap down. And to have Brian Kelly come out and say Garrett Dellinger is, has pretty much solidified himself as one of the starters alongside Will Campbell, um, that's encouraging because he made it known that he has gotten the snap down. It seems like that is no longer a problem. And with LSU this year, you want to put out the best five guys on this offensive line. Because when you consider the skilled players that they have at running back and at wide receiver, if you find the right guy at quarterback and you have an offensive line that is gelled and can protect him and run block efficiently for whatever running back is back there, whether it's Noah Kane or Armani Goodwin or, or John Emery, either one. Um I mean, LSU is going to be scary. And so to hear him come out and say that center has pretty much been solidified is encouraging. Now, what did change is that we heard that Miles Frazier moved from right guard to left guard. Anthony Bradford shifted down from right tackle to right guard. And Cam Wire has now been in the rotation at right tackle. Um, so it seems that Traymond Shorts is six man up. Um, we'll see how that continues, uh, to develop throughout the rest of camp. And as we get into the season, but I, I have to fully expect that this is, this is something that's going to to continue throughout the season. I, I, I don't think, I mean, you're going to have a starting five when you come to Florida state, you're going to have your five guys that are going to try it out there and be the, take the first snap. Um, but I don't think by any means necessary that this offensive line has been settled. And that is also one of my concerns. Uh, I think that this LSU offense offensive line potentially has a, a greater upside. I think, I don't know, I want to say potentially. I think they do have a greater upside to um, this offensive line, I think has a greater upside than last year. And I know that's saying a lot because you had a lot of talent, uh, and, but mostly you had a lot of experience. You had guys that had been in the program for a long time and had just played a lot of games. Um, and you don't have a lot of that this year, but I think the talent there is more rich than it was compared to last year. And so I think LSU has a greater upside uh, this, this season, but that talent has to develop and gel together. And so we're seeing the workings as Brian Kelly and Brad Davis are, are trying to figure out who's the five best guys. And I, as I, I said, I think that's going to continue to be worked out as we get into the season. I don't think by any means when they tried out the five guys there on on against Florida State on Sunday, I don't think that necessarily means that those are going to be the starting five the rest of the way. Because we are still, I mean, guys, we're we're only a week and, and a couple of days away, and they're still trying to figure that out. And so I have to believe that that is going to continue to be a development as we get into the season.
So that's something else we need to monitor is offensive line, and that's major, major, obviously. Now, one of the other things that really impressed me was how fast this team is. Brian Kelly made note of it in the at the Brian Kelly show last night. Um, I mean, they were clock, they clocked some guys at 20 miles per hour. I believe he mentioned Harold Perkins and Colby Fields. I, I, I believe even Mason Taylor was clocked. I, I saw somewhere that that was mentioned that even Mason Taylor was clocked at 20 miles per hour. And that's impressive. Um, I mean, dude, and and he said he said on the show overall overall that the team was fast, that the team was looking really fast. Um, and that's also encouraging because that means that the strength and conditioning staff has been doing their job at getting these guys prepared and conditioning them to be game week ready. Uh, and so that obviously um, was really encouraging. Now, the other thing that we we saw was that um, Brian Kelly mentioned this. A, a lot of people have been wondering about the defense, like who, what are we going, what are we going to run? You know, is this going to be a three four? Is this going to be a four three? And it has become very well known that they are going to have uh, a multiple look. But last night, Brian Kelly made the statement that they were going to run from a base nickel. Um, and that when they had to, when an offense brought on two tight ends, that they would then put on a third linebacker. So I, I love that because it, it felt like for so long, you know, it was like, all right, Dave Aranda, we're, we're going to run a 3-4. This is what we're going to run. And then, of course, Ed Orgeron, Brian, or Dave Aranda left the program, went to Baylor, and Ed Orgeron was dead set on running a 4-3. That's what he wanted to run. And so he brings in Bo Pelini, and we know all how that happened. It was a complete mess, a disaster, and this was completely terrible. It was the worst defense in the history, at least recent history, of LSU. And then, of course, last year you have a brand-new play caller and Dur- not play caller, but defensive coordinator uh, in Durante Jones. And he was handcuffed a lot at the beginning of the season. Um, but then when the, when he was allowed to kind of run things there at the end, we saw what off, what LSU's defense did and they looked incredible. But again, that was solely based on running out of a four, three. And, and I like this because this is what more NFL teams are doing. They are running, multiple looks on the defensive end. And so Matt House has made that very clear. That's what they're going to be. They're going to be multiple, but I did find it interesting that Brian Kelly may note that they were going to run out of a base nickel. So um, some, some really important things that we've learned in the last few days for LSU football. One of the other things that I haven't for, that I haven't mentioned, but uh, that, that, I, that I heard and saw the other day, is that Sage Ryan is making is making a push uh, at at the nickel position? It seems like uh, Greg Brooks is the guy there at the nickel position, but Sage has made a push as of late, and I, I find that encouraging. Obviously, Sage Ryan was a was a huge prospect, uh, huge recruit coming out of high school. Um, he got some time here in these last couple of years, but has also dealt with some injury. Um, but he has looked really good as of late, and I think that's that's really important because I got to be honest with y'all, the secondary worries me. And I, I mentioned it earlier, um, but 
I, I understand you've got guys there. I understand there's a lot of talent there. Obviously, you've got you've got Seven Banks, who was a freshman All-American. You've got Colby Richardson that has really come on as of late and has really surprised a lot of people. Seems like he's going to be the guy. Um, and then, of course, you have Jarrett Bernard Converse, who um, was an amazing player, has has a lot of a lot of games under his belt, uh, was an All-American type player. Um, so, but I, I'm still worried, guys, because um, Sage Ryan is making a push here, um, and he's challenging Greg Brooks, but um, we haven't seen a whole lot of Sage Ryan. And so I, I got to be honest with you guys, the secondary just, it, it makes me nervous. It makes me nervous. And, and maybe a big part of that is because, like, the last two years have been so bad that I'm kind of burnt and still scarred from the last two years. And I believe I've mentioned that um, on Twitter somewhere or in some in some comments or whatever in, in, in talking about the defense. But maybe that's a part of it. Maybe I'm just scarred from the last two years uh, and, and what happened with the defensive backs the last two years and just complete coverage bust, guys being left wide open. It seems like everybody knew – all you had to do against the LSU defense, the LSU secondary, was run a crosser, and they were going to be toast. But maybe that's a big part of that. Maybe, maybe I'm just being pessimistic because I'm scarred a little bit from the past couple of seasons. Um, but I still am just very wary of of the secondary. Um, and obviously, we previewed the secondary. You know, there is a lot of depth at safety, but I think it's more so at the nickel position and at the corner position that I'm a little worried. Um, now, I have full confidence in the staff that they are going to um, develop these guys throughout the season and obviously with the rest of camp. Um, but I, that's something that I'm definitely looking at um, because when you're running three defensive linemen, two um, linebackers and all the rest of your guys are DBs. Considering what we've had the last couple of years, um, it's it's still very worrisome. So we'll we'll see as as the the season progresses and as obviously we get into the season and we face Florida State. Um, that's going to be uh, an interesting matchup to watch: Florida State's wide receivers versus LSU's DBs. And, and here's a big reason I say that, because from looking into Florida State a little bit, it, it's probably going to help out LSU. Um, even, even though I'm worried about it, um, I think LSU may actually uh, have an advantage there uh, because of the experience and because of the fact that Florida State doesn't really have some solidified wide receivers. Um, they really don't know who their top dog is going to be. I mean, I, I can't even list off the – I mean, I could probably go on the roster and lift, list off you some names, but I honestly don't know who their guys are going to be at wide receiver. Um, and from listening to some beat writers on Florida State as well, um, that seems to be one of the biggest concerns is wide receiver. Um, they, 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 like how, they like the defense, um, but they're, they're really concerned about wide receiver. And who's going to be the guy? They don't know who the guy is going to be. You know, luckily LSU kind of has that that 
uh, you know, tied up. Like as, at wide receiver, we're good, right? I mean, that's one of the best position groups uh, for LSU. But at one of the biggest weaknesses on the opposite side of the ball for for LSU, in my opinion, potentially is corner and DBs, um, where they are weak. Florida State is also weak. And so that is encouraging to me because uh, coming into a brand-new season, um, that's one of the biggest places that I'm worried at. Now, one of the other places that I'm worried at about, um, and this may seem also like contrary or con- uh, con- contradictory, but because of there's so many guys there, and the depth looks really good, and the talent looks really good, is that running back. Um, I, I I think I might be more worried, and this 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 might, might sound a little crazy, but I think I might be a little bit more worried about running back uh, than I am wide receiver uh, at, at offensive line. Offensive line, it seems like they have a few guys there. I know they're still solidifying that and trying to figure out who's going to be the starting five. But um, at running back, you've you've got a bunch of guys there, but you've got Noah Kane coming in, who's who's a transfer, who has been banged up. Then you've got Armani Goodwin, who didn't have a lot of a lot of game experience last year. He was kind of the third guy in that group behind TDP and Corey Kiner. And then you also have um, John Emery who hasn't had a lot of experience outside of 2020. He's dealt with injury. And then last year, we he, had, he was out the entire season because of the academic issues. And now here at the beginning of the season, we're going to have issues with him uh, missing two games. And so that's another position I got to be honest, I'm kind of worried about. And LSU has had a luxury at that position. You had TDP last year who ended up going off for 1,000 yards and me and Reagan and our dad were at that game where he set the record against Florida. Uh, he ended up having being over a thousand yard receiver or a thousand yard rusher. And so that was really, really impressive to me because I mean, the way LSU started, it started really slow and, and you, and you didn't know, I mean, I fully did not expect TDP to go off for a thousand yards then the, for the rest of the season. And yet he did. And so I know there's a lot of guys there at running back, uh, but that is another position that worries me just because of the unknown. Because John Emery has had injury, he has dealt with the ineligibility, and then he's, he's going to be missing the first two games. Corey Connor has transferred. He's also dealt with injury. He got kind of beat out there at Penn State. And then Armani Goodwin has, had, has not had as much experience as those two other guys. But all these guys have looked good in camp. So I know that was a lot to cover. Um, but those are the things that we've, we've seen and we've talked about here recently, uh, in this past week with LSU football, but let's get specifically into talking about the running backs. Uh, I'm really excited to get to bring on Carter. I, I think I said this before. I think this is our first time bringing him on. I've gotten to be with him behind the scenes, uh, as he's come on Blake's show a ton. Um, I, I think I have to blame him a little bit for my bank account uh, because I I did not – I was interested in, L, in in football cards, but until I started watching Carter and following him and his collection, 
Um, I did not get into it as much as I had been before, and now I'm very much into it. Um, I mean, I've got like y'all kind of see it there. There's kind of like a triangle type thing there of it's, and it's basically just the LSU greats um, of football cards that are that are hanging on my wall there in my LSU memorabilia back here. Um, so I have to blame Carter a little bit for my bank account because uh, I've been scavenging eBay and, and Amazon and all other web, random websites to try and find uh, these specific LSU cards that I want to get. And even now I've got like friends of friends coming up to me like, hey, I've got this card. This It's this rookie Joe Burrow, rookie Justin Jefferson card. Like, do you want it? Do you want to buy it from me? And so, so I've ended up buying some cards from uh, friends of friends, people I hardly even know because they just are like, hey, I heard you like football cards. So here you go. Here's some LSU football cards for you. Um, so, but I'm excited to get to bring on Carter um, and talk. We, we He did a complete running back deep dive uh, for the LSU football team. Got to watch that on his YouTube channel and, and just kind of, I found a lot of things very interesting that I want to ask him about as we're going to be previewing the, the running backs. But let's take a quick break uh, and then we will be back with Carter uh, to preview the running back room. Five-star hero, your intro and outro music for the Tigers Avenue show they ain't ready for that LSU. Go check out all of his other music on all the major platforms. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram at Saints Anthem and at Twitter at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. Five Star Hero. Can't get any better than Sarah Klein Stevens, attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. Here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. Water! Good to see you, man. I heard what you were saying about the uh, the football cards. I'm sorry I got you uh, <laughs> this, uh, is this addiction. Well, you want to know what's funny? So, you know, the Saints preseason games happening and Jameis like threw a really good pass to Jarvis Landry. And uh, I got it. I got a huge Jameis Winston card. It's like one of his best ones. And I'm, I'm getting married uh, next year and I'm trying to move this card. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> now I'm buying like all these other cards and, you know, I got more important stuff I got to pay for. So yeah, it's a never-ending addiction. This uh, this football card stuff. But uh, yeah, Zach, good to see you. Thanks, um, first off, for making me look good on on Blake's show, and I love your <laughs> energy, you and, you and Pooh Bear, and all those guys. And uh, it's good hanging out with you, man. Talking running backs for sure, man. Well, we definitely want to talk about the running backs. We've been going through, you know, this this series of previewing all the different position groups. And I know I knew I just had to bring you on for the running backs because right. you did that that deep dive. Uh, which I found really impressive. Uh, and so I just want to talk to you quickly here about the running backs. Um, one of the things that I've mentioned here a lot on the show is, you know, it's here recently in the past few years, you know, we've seen LSU kind of solidify themselves with, with one main guy. You know, last year it was TDP. Of course, the year before it was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And you bring Frank Wilson back, and we know from his years being here at LSU – that he has been a running back by committee uh, type coach. And I think we're going to see more of that. And I think that actually plays well for LSU this year because it doesn't seem like they really have that one main guy. I mean, I know there's been a lot of questions about, 
John Emery and is it going to be Noah Kane? And then our, here, here's come Armani Goodwin looked really good uh, in the spring game and here recently in, in camp. Um, so I think it actually bodes pretty well for LSU that it seems like they're going to be this running back by committee um, yeah. football team. So what, what do you have to say to that, Carter? I mean, does that seem like it's going to be the case? It seems seems so. Yeah, so what I'm about to say isn't going to come off really well for a lot of LSU fans, but I'm just going to say what Brian Kelly said in a press conference that there's not a Leonard Fournette in that room. And obviously there's not, you know, Fournette's probably the best running back of the modern era. But the point he was making was there's really not a special running back in that room. Now, that is not a put down. At all. And I think a lot of people would perceive it as that. But the truth, Zach, is and I started, you know, diving deeper into this. And, you know, we did a full week of running back content um, on Power Hour LSU. And what I found to be very interesting is not many running backs really move the needle. Not many running backs really do matter. Um, it is more about the byproduct of the play call and the play design and how well does the offensive line block for you. Those are more important factors in who is running the ball, except for when you have a Leonard Fournette back there or a yeah. Jeremy Hill or a Clyde Everett-Hilaire, guys that are truly transcendent with the football in their hands, which means it is more important for your running back to be reliable or good or someone that you could trust. So I know right now uh, this is looking like a team that's going to have Noah Kane, who honestly isn't the most explosive runner just based on what we've seen during his time at Penn State. Um, you have Josh Williams, who's a former walk-on, and you have Armani Goodwin. The one thing you could really say about you know the two former running backs that we mentioned there, Williams and, and Kane, um, is that they're very reliable, right? Yeah. They're They're going to run the right play especially Josh Williams, who has been very injury-proof during his time at LSU. So, you know, what we need to do as far as running backs are concerned is really rethink the position. So you're a little bit younger, Zach, right? So what's funny is if you are in your later 30s and your 40s or in your 50s and you're watching this right now, you grew up looking at running backs the same that you probably looked at most quarterbacks, right? Especially if you're an SEC fan, right? The the biggest stars were Herschel and Bo, Emmitt Smith mixed in there. And then I know it's not SEC, but you had Barry Sanders and all that. College football is more of a running back sport, right? Now that the sport is more obviously pass heavy, yeah. the impotence did i use that word correctly i'm not sure the importance of how special your running back is probably isn't as important as you once thought it to be now that doesn't mean that you that special running back play doesn't help you it does it's just that you can win without it a lot more than you think so yes it's a little alarming that brian kelly says hey none of these guys are special but it is assuring that he said that all of them complement each other really well. So that's very important. Well, I, I mean, to that point, I think it it it's it's really good that you have an outstanding wide receiver room. Now, obviously, yeah, you, obviously you got to figure out quarterback. But when you have the depth and the talent at wide receiver that you do, especially for this LSU team. You don't have to, I think, worry so much about the running backs 
um, when you have that core, especially the core group, man, is just phenomenal. Now I know we're talking running back, so we can't we can't chase the rabbit here on water. No, no, talk but, about what talk about whatever you want, man. Well, I, yeah, I, I, but I mean, when you have when you have Jack Bash and you have Kayshawn Butte and you have Malik Neighbors and I mean the list goes on. Brian Thomas, and the list goes on and on. But when you have those guys, it, it kind of helps LSU uh, lack it. Because I got to be honest, Carter, I mentioned this earlier. Like running back is a concern for me. It, it, it is a concern for me. Yeah. Um, and I know some people are like, well, we've got we've got Noah Kane, we've got our money. You know, the talent is there, but you're looking at three guys that don't have a whole lot of experience. I mean, yeah. Noah Kane has the experience at, at Penn State. You know, he had a pretty good freshman year, but as you mentioned on your breakdown, he eventually got beat out. A lot of that was because he was missing the holes. Now, he has the ability to to break break a lot of tackles. That was another thing you, you featured in your film breakdown uh, was, was his ability to break tackles. Uh, and, our, of course – our, uh, John Emery's the home run guy, you know, he's, and yeah. we've seen that as well, but he's been banged up. He's had the academic issues. And then you have Armani who had again, a pretty good off season, but not a lot of experience there. And so I, that is one of my concerns. Um, yeah, and, and that makes sense why they're going to be a running back by committee. But I want to ask this question, Carter, there's so much of a, of, of a diversity there. I mean, as, as I mentioned, Noah Kane seems more of like that bruiser, whereas as John uh, John Emery is going to be that you know that home run hitter type guy. Do you see uh, or Armani? Do you see one of those three guys kind of eventually taking more of the carries this this season, or or do you think it's going to be kind of a all the way through? Like the, we're just going to disperse the the reps, dis, disperse the carries. Um, or do you see a guy eventually emerging and them kind of riding them him a little bit? Yeah. So the the first thing here is, you know, John Emery's probably going to play, right? It would be yeah. preposterous if they suspended him for an entire season, unless there is really something just crazy, but I'm not, uh, there's nobody knows. Uh, yeah. I say John Emery's going to play. There's, I mean, there's no telling at this point. And honestly, I, 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 I've said this a few times. I think John Emery's closer to Nicholas Brissett than he is Leonard Fournette in terms yeah. of ability, right? I have to agree. Yeah, and, and it's not – once again, it's not a knock on John. It's just I don't think he's transcendent with the football in his hands. I think he's really, really good, and he can give you a Nicholas Brissett type of season where Nicholas Brissett gained 1,000 yards his final year – but it was more based on volume than it was based on ability. He was the only True. rusher that year that didn't average at least five yards per carry, he averaged 4.3. So it was because they gave him the football a lot, but he was reliable. Yeah. He didn't fumble, and you knew that you know if he needed a yard, he would go get it for you. That's how you would, in best-case scenario, view Noah Kane. You look last year, he had two runs of 10 yards or more. Both were on perfectly blocked plays, so he's not a home run hitter. Um, Armani Goodwin's very interesting. You know, I went and looked at every rush Armani Goodwin had last year. And what happened to him, and it is some of the worst luck I've ever seen, he would have four people up front block perfectly, but one person would blow their assignment. And, you know, last year after he started his season off with the 22-yard carry, he had, I believe, 17 other touches for 40 total yards. It was something like that, which is obviously not a good clip. Yeah. So, 
you want to see, you know, Armani take that next step in that you don't want to see him go down as easy. There were a few opportunities for him to break tackles, but for the most part, his blocking was just bad. And then, you know, you have, you know, Josh Williams, who is not going to break a lot of tackles, is not, you know, going to get you just this amazing whirling Derbyshire type of run. But I like him a lot. I really do, because I know the right play is going to be run more often than not. And he's played a lot and he stays healthy. Um, It's not because I think he's special with the football in his hands. He's a former walk-on. You know, there's not many former walk-ons that are special with the football in their hands. But, you know, what I would say to everyone as far as the running back position is concerned, because you don't have Fournette who can go create something on his own, you don't have Jeremy Hill or or Clyde who can make some plays on their own, you you need everyone around you to do well. And I do feel, especially now in a passing game, you can make a strong argument that the running back is the least important person on your offensive side of the football, especially if he's not a special talent. So what do I mean by that? Well, if Jaden's your quarterback, he's going to open up holes in the running game, in the zone read game. If you have great wide receivers on the outside, you're going to see a lot of too high, which could help out your running game with lighter boxes. It could help create numbers in the running game. So all those things are very important. And keep in mind that you have coaches who, you know, if you go look at Notre Dame's backs over the years, they had a lot of good backs, some that lasted in the NFL, some that didn't. But they never really had somebody like truly, truly, truly transcendent. Yeah, and they had really good backs, right? Procise and and, and so on and so on. But uh, still, it was because BK had and developed the Zach Martins and the Mike McGlinchies and the Quentin Nelsons, and they, they had a good play action game going. So all those things are going to have to be big. So uh, I want to say hi to Rick. I want to say hi to Tyler. Those are two of yeah, my sure. uh, my biggest supporters right there. And of course, my guy Ron BK Takeover. Gotta love it, man. Those are two of my guys, uh, big time supporter of me, and uh, I'm glad they're hanging out uh, with with both of us here. But let me ask yeah, you this, Zach. Uh, you know, we're you know chatting about the the offense overall. How are you feeling about the offense in in general right now? Well, it's going to sound like a cliche, but I mean, again, who's going to be the quarterback? Um, I think I, I think I would really honestly prefer that they they find their guy and they stick to it. Um, oh, interesting. I, I real I realize that they they've mentioned you know that and BK has mentioned hey we are going to you know both guys are going to play, um, and I, I certainly understand that. Um, I think off season it's 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 really good to have a guy uh, to have another guy or two guys really pressing each other because uh, competition breeds championship. I, I and I understand there's a lot of people that say hey we, we want to have a guy uh, you know solidified before the season begins. And I agree with that, but I think, you know, a week out, you, you know, and there, apparently we're going to be hearing an announcement Monday or Tuesday. I think that's fine uh, because I want there to be that competition where both quarterbacks are just going at it head to head. But I do believe that at a certain point, either right before the season begins or, you know, early on in the season, you got to be like, this is our guy. This is our guy. And this is who yeah. we're going to ride with. Um, and, and I do hope that that is Jaden because of the, because of the wheels he has. Um, 
Now, this is an argument, Carter. Maybe we can talk about this, but I think Garrett may potentially end up having the higher ceiling uh, than Jaden yeah. does. But um, I think right now for this this season uh, and for this team, I think I think Jaden needs to be the guy. So I, I don't know how you feel on that, but maybe yeah. maybe a two quarterback system will work. Maybe BK can pull it off, but I don't want to see it. I have too much PTSD from the past few times that LSU's done it, so I, I don't know. Uh, 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 well, look, the two-quarterback system has, has worked some at LSU. Obviously, you know, the Jerry Lee, Jordan Jefferson thing, it wasn't the most efficient offense, but we had Tyron Matthew, so it didn't matter. Exactly. Um, you had a but, defense yeah. that was just stud. Yeah, yeah so, we, I mean, Paralu, Matt Flynn worked, but, you know, are these quarterbacks as good as those guys? We'll see. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I I'll say this. You know, one final running back take, and it's fine. I, I'll get roasted for this. It's 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 fine. But I I have been higher on most for a while now. Even when he was committed to to Texas A uh, I, I think Harold Perkins would be the best running back on this team if he played. Running wow, back. interesting. Um, and I don't I don't think that's much of a hot take. I mean, he's. Uh, you know, Blake, 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 and I've discussed this plenty of times, and I've discussed this, you know, in my private Discord and on my channel. He's he's one of the best high school prospects I've ever evaluated. Um, he's definitely the best one we've had in in a long, long, long time. Um, and yeah, I, I I'd have him over a lot of guys that that came to LSU. Now, I didn't really start looking at evaluations the way that I have these last couple of years. So it really started for me like in 2019 when I started looking at a bunch of, you know, high school tapes and trying to pick out and just see which players actually do turn out to be the best. Um, and, and Harold, Harold's one of the, one of the best. Um, it, it, he just pops off the, 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 the tape for me. Yeah. I just think he's truly special. But he's playing linebacker, and I'm not saying that they should put him at running back. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying he's that special. I, I think we are witnessing something pretty incredible. Now, how exactly will he fit in on either side of the ball? I've said this from the get-go. I think he's truly, truly, truly transcendent. I'm not smart enough to figure out what the best position is. A lot of that's going to come down to what he wants to do, and obviously he wants to be an off-ball linebacker. But I I do think he is truly, truly, truly great, and I do think as a true freshman, he'll find a way to win us a game that we weren't supposed to win. So uh, I I, I just think he's that good. I really do. Well, hey, look, Uh, I mean, if you think about it, I I mean, you lost lost, um, Trey Bradford. Yeah. John Emery is up in the air a little bit. Now you got like Nick Demas and, and guys like that also. But I mean, look, if if you twist a couple of ankles, you never know. You may see you may see Harold Perkins get moved over there. And yeah, I think he's they, good. they have the depth there a little bit more. They have more depth at linebacker, I think, than at running back. Uh, just a little bit more. But you know, I mean, you never know, man. So you know I mean, what? you think about like Patrick Queen in the Bama game in 2019 when he caught that interception, it was like he switched it, you know. He switched yeah, gears from yeah. linebacker. Run, I'm, I'm going back to my running back days. So who knows, man? Yeah. The the, the thing about that though, and, and I've I've gotten a lot of comments about should Harold play running back, and you, I, I've talked to a former a few former players about this as well, and reached out to a few RB coaches that I know in the industry, and I sent them Harold's high school tape, and they're like, oh, he's the, that guy. He's going to be a great running back. Uh, at LSU, and I was like, no, he's playing linebacker. And they're like, what? Really? Wow. What? Are you kidding me? I'd give the football to him every time. Um, 
I'll say this, right? The issue, if that were to be the case, is pass protection. So in mm-hmm. high school, they they ran like a triple option kind of offense, right? And what we tend to forget is how important pass protection actually is. So if you think about this analytically, right, a pass, if you look at a stat like EPA per play or just yards per play or whatever it may be, a pass is more important than a run, right? So pass protection, especially if you blow an assignment, analytically can be worse for you than if you were to gain a 15-yard run. So here's a good example of this, right? Um, and this was something I did on a, on a, on a private film study on, on Patreon, but I'm going to give it for you, Zach. I'm going to do it just for you. All right. okay? So there was a play in practice where Brian Thomas Jr. did a double move and scored a touchdown, and it went viral. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened was uh, Micah Basketball should have leveled yes. Miles Brennan. And he saw the purple jersey just go whoop right, right, right behind him. <laughs> right there, and John Emery – was there to help out Emory Jones because uh, Emory was in a one-on-one there, and Emory should have better job should have done a better job blocking Micah Baskerel, but he's a true freshman. Um, but John Emory was right there to, to help clean it up and and pick him up, right? But he missed him. He missed him as well. Yeah. And the thing is, is if John Emory as a running back is the better ball carrier than the other guys. That may be the case, but that pass protection pickup is way better because that would have been a strip sack, could have potentially hurt your quarterback, could have potentially gotten scoop and scored for a touchdown the other way. Yep. And instead, it it then also would have wiped out the 60-yard touchdown that you had on the double move right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so – that's something that you have to keep in mind when with, with the Harold Perkins thing because there's a lot of calls and pass protection and something that you'll see the Mike Dimbrock offense do is pre-snap. He likes to move his running back around a lot. Now, it's not me saying Harold Perkins couldn't learn how to pass protect. He's obviously very capable of doing that. It's just something it, – it's, it's a lot to learn, right? There's a lot of keys. There's a lot of hots. You have a lot of these DCs in the SEC. Good example of this, uh, Zach Arnett at um, and Mississippi State that yeah. run a lot of these exotic blitz pickups, and you got to have a running back who can pick up the scraps, if you will. So, you know, that would be the biggest holdup. But Harold, if he if he was playing running back right now, he would be by far the most special with the football in his hands, uh, especially now that he's put on weight. Uh, so yeah, I, I truly do think he is absolutely spectacular, but Zach, I appreciate you having me on, man. Talking some offense. I know we went a little long here. I'm sorry about that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a freaky thing, man. Uh, That's a hard thing about football is that you don't, you, you don't always know what someone's best position may be. Right. Uh, you know, I talked to, uh, at Ron Brooks on my show uh, a few weeks ago and Ron's a friend of mine and, you know, he was talking about how, you know, he started as a wide receiver and, you know, he probably would have been, he was a perfect size to be like a slot receiver, but we weren't running a lot of three wide receiver sets at the time. So they moved him to DB and it became, you know, the six DB on that great 2011 team. Yep. But you don't know if he would have been a great slot receiver, but we had Odell and we had all those other guys at the time. Um, 
but it's scary. Like there's so many guys that you don't know what their best position would be. I'll give you another one. Uh, Alfred Blue would have been a better linebacker than running back. Really? Yeah, he was a he was a kickoff team assassin when he played at LSU. Um, and he's he's special as an athlete. Now mm-hmm. he ended up being a really good running back in in the NFL, really good. Yeah. But I think if he would have played linebacker, um, he would have been like a Pro Bowl linebacker. I think that would have been his better position because he could tackle. He dude, he can take heads off. Um but yeah, like you don't ever really know what like the best position will be. But thank you so much for having me on there. I'm sorry I didn't get to talk to I didn't I, you wanna know what's funny is like it just clicked to me that the Zach Lee Reagan Lee, I didn't know y'all were brothers. Yeah, yeah, we are brothers. We look completely different, uh, because yeah. I'm like five seven, you know, just this tiny little person. And then Reagan is just this tall, broad, you know, broad shoulders guy, and I'm the oldest. So wow. people are like, every, every every time people meet us, they're like, yeah, he's the oldest. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> it's oh, weird. really? Oh, yeah. so you're older than him. That's very I am. I am. I'm, I'm 25. The... He's 22, 23. Oh, y'all are young. Now yeah. y'all are making me feel old. I'm not even going <laughs> to reveal. I'm not even going to reveal right. my age. I'm, 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 I'm 55. Oh, that's not old, man. That's not <laughs> huh? Huh? 80, huh? 80 is old, but 50, no, nah, that's not bad. Well, hey, Carter, let me, let me real quickly to, to end this. Uh, and let you go. Uh, wanted to get, you know, year one, Brian Kelly, you know, give us give us a prediction, but also kind of give us a, a, an outlook into what you think this season looks like under Brian Kelly. H- how does it look if something goes terribly wrong and they end up six and six? How does it look if they go, I don't know, 10 and two, something like that? No. You know, what, what needs to be the outlook for these LSU fans uh, as we head into the season? Yeah, so what what's very interesting, I went on a show recently on YouTube and I was kind of mad at him. Uh so what they do is they and y'all are y'all are uh youth what are one of y'all the youth pastor or something like that? Y'all are big, y'all are y'all are very religious, right? Yes, I will and Reagan is currently a pastor. Okay, so he's a pastor, right? So yeah. hopefully uh, hopefully what I'm about to say is not gonna get me in trouble with you. <laughs> but I'm gonna say it, right? No, I went on a show and there was two great guys, uh, Tim and I forgot the other co-hosts, and they're 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 Gator YouTubers, okay? And I hate Florida, I do, oh, but I I love what they do. So what they, um, yeah, I get this question a lot, and they and um, when, when I go on a show or wherever, what do you think your prediction is, or what do you think the season's going to look like? So what they yeah. do is they go through and they <laughs> that's it's so stupid, they go through and they they predict each game. Okay. Okay. But then what they do is they drink a ton of alcohol and they get hammered. (laughs) And then they go through each and every game and do the predictions again. And oh, okay. uh, Yeah. So to see if it's see if they add wins or take wins away. Yeah. But they didn't ask me to do that. I would, I have to do this. I'm very curious about this. (laughs) I have got to go through and legitimately. And I've already done it. Like I got like the full SEC like slate, and yeah. I reveal my final predictions. I just launched like an SEC channel, so yeah. people watching this Power Hour SEC, make Go sure you check, check it out, out subscribe. Sure. But what's really funny, Zach, is I need to do this. Okay, I want to see if when I predict LSU games, if I do it sober, like I do all my analytical <laughs> breakdowns, I look at all the film, I look at all the things. Yeah. If I do it sober. 
what will the record look like? And then I just need to get wasted. <laughs> like I, I mean, and and because I'm talking to a pastor right now or a youth pastor, I need to drink a lot of Christ blood. If you will. <laughs> I need to take in a few extra offerings here uh, before I go through all these uh, these games and see if my yeah. drunken prediction is better, better than my sober prediction. Okay. But um, I need to do that on, on the channel. You see, look at you inspiring me doing bad That'd things be, with, hey. the, with, with your Frisbees in the background. My goodness oh, gracious. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, huh? We'll have to talk about that another day. That's another yeah. path of mine. So. Um, what, what I'll say, though, is you, you look at all these different projections. So, you know, Action Network has LSU as a five-win team, which is crazy yeah. to me. Right. That's crazy to me too. Yeah, and Vegas has them at a seven-win team. AP poll, not even close. They're ranked number 29, and they weren't really close to the poll. They were yep. way off. But what's very interesting, Zach, is the computers actually like LSU a little bit more mm -hmm. than most, right? Yep. So um, FBI? Well, it's not just FBI. There's a guy that does a composite ranking of the analytical computers, and it showed that LSU is a top 15 team, according to his rankings. Now, a lot of other SEC teams were in there, so that doesn't mean that LSU is a lot to be, you know, the number 10 ranked team in the country. So yeah. I would put a floor at six, and, and, and if they go six and six, you shouldn't be, you know – Tarn feathering Brian Kelly for 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 going six and six. I now, agree. if you go under than that, the LSU should never be a five win team under any circumstance. So you shouldn't. But sit. But six and six is like a four, right? And I think a ceiling for this team. We didn't talk defense or whatever, but I think a ceiling for this team. I I think if everything went according to plan, they and the ball bounced every which way for LSU. I think they could be an 11 and one team. I do if everything. So that's like baseline floor. And then 11 and one is the ceiling, but you're probably looking at a roster. That's an eight and four roster right now. Yeah. If you factor in how good the other quarterbacks are in the sec this year, um, you factor in how good the coaches are in the sec. Yeah. Got to keep in mind, Brian Kelly's in a more difficult sec than when Ed Orgeron took over and even when Les miles mm -hmm. took over. Uh, so you got to keep those factors in mind. And, um, and also if I, if I could plug one thing as well, I see you got all like the Spotify podcasting. I did just yeah. launch, uh, the power hour LSU podcast, which is a little bit different than like the live streams. Um, this was something that we talked about recently on, on there was it's very important to keep in mind that, it's, it's just harder to win a national championship because Nick Saban exists. Jimbo's recruiting, uh, with what he's recruiting and the logic of using, because this is what a lot of LSU fans are doing right now, Zach. They're saying, well, if Brian Kelly and Ed Orgeron won national, or if, if Les Miles and Ed Orgeron won national championships, Brian Kelly should be able to as well. Yeah. While that in, it, it sounds rational and there is some truth to it. And if you get a hundred million guaranteed dollars, you should, get a national championship at LSU. But the opposite's also true as well. That shows you that national championships sometimes don't come down to how good your coach is, right? Mm -hmm. So you need the stars aligned to actually go out there and win a national championship. So be patient with this build and uh 
we'll see what happens. But Zach, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Thanks for hanging out. And uh we'll we'll go get some Lord's blood sometime. <laughs> huh? Huh? All right, buddy. We'll talk Sounds soon. Good. Okay. Thanks, Cheers. man. Appreciate you having on. All right, guys. Well, hey, that was awesome. Really enjoyed that with with Carter. Uh, I mean, dude, it's just awesome guy to have on. Um, and apparently he's going to give you two predictions, one sober, one maybe not so sober. So anyways, but hey, guys, a uh, couple more things that I just wanted to mention before we head out of here. Um, and Carter mentioned it, meant pass blocking. Um, that is going to also play a key role for these LSU running backs. Um, and I think that's why you have to appreciate a guy like Josh Williams, who has been in the program for a long time. And yeah, he was a walk-on. Yeah, he's not the most talented guy in that room. But as Carter has mentioned, he is reliable and he can pass block. He uh, is, is probably the best pass blocker in that group. Uh, and a lot of that comes with experience. A lot of that comes with just disciplining himself realizing who he is as a running back and his role. Uh, and he has found his his niche there uh, with LSU. Uh, and he honestly has gotten a lot of reps uh, at with some of the reps with the ones. Um, and so, you know, I mean, that's another reason why I find it a little bit concerning. But when you're looking at the positives, that's, that's a positive because Josh Williams is going to provide you um, with some really good blocking. And I think, you know, he's a guy that when you get in third down long, obvious passing situations, they're going to trot him out there. Um, you know, and, and another thing is, we, we mentioned this, because you have such a good wide receiver room and because with both of these quarterbacks, no matter who the starter is, because both of them have the ability to be mobile I think the passing game for the running backs is also going to play a key role because I believe guys are going to get open. You lost Trey Bradford, who, in my opinion, was the best uh, backer catching out of the back, uh, pass, uh, catching a pass out of the backfield. I, I think he was the best. You don't have him in, in the program anymore. So who is going to be that guy that steps up and can catch the ball out of the backfield? Um, I, I think Noah Kane ends up being that guy. You saw sparks of it from his freshman season at Penn State. But ultimately, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Let's get to a few comments, uh, and then we will take a break uh, and call it a day. All right? Uh, Rick asked uh, Carter, sorry we didn't get to this, Rick, but is it true that Noah Kane was not playing at 100% last year with Penn State? He seems healthy now. Uh, that is true. Uh, he was not playing at 100%. He was banged up some last year. Um, but it seems like uh, the strength and conditioning staff has done a really – I mean, I don't know if y'all have seen Noah Kane in some of the practice videos, but the dude looks like a beast. I mean, he looks just straight muscle. Like, no body fat, all muscle. I mean, I saw him, like – they did a handoff, and he ran, and they were doing – they were videoing it from behind, and you just saw his biceps from behind, and – I mean, I know I'm like bragging on the dude right here, like pause, but the dude looked impressive. I mean, he looks good. Um, so I got to believe he's at 100% now. Um, Reagan joining the show. Uh, Reagan, hope y'all are enjoying uh, the time with your wife and, and, and her family, getting to celebrate her birthday. 
Um, you're going to have to scroll back to the beginning and where I wished her and Zeke a happy birthday. Uh, glad to see you joining on. BK, thanks, Carter and Zach. Appreciate you, Ryan, for coming in and joining us. Uh, he also said running back has to pick up the blitz. I agree. Josh is underrated, in my opinion. I, I, I agree as well. Uh, I mean, like I say, LSU fans are going to have – LSU fans need to learn to appreciate Josh Williams. I mean, you go back to the – Florida game, um, and when TDP was taken out, Josh Williams had some really good runs. Uh, I mean, I remember that specifically because we were there. But, I mean, he had some really good runs. He caught the ball out of the backfield and played a really good game. So, um, but really appreciate all of y'all joining in. We're going to take one last break, and then we will wrap up the show. Tigers Avenue is proud to announce that we now have TA Merchandise. You can find all of our merchandise by heading over to tigersavenue.com and clicking on the merchandise tab. We have everything from t-shirts, hoodies, shorts, joggers, hats, and beanies. We've even got shoes, Converse, and slides. Head over to our accessories tab where you can find blankets, bumper stickers, and license plates magnets and stickers, mugs, bottles, and tumblers, phone cases. You can find tech and office and outdoor products like a mouse pad, a puzzle, a notebook, and more, all at tigersavenue.com. Head on over to tigersavenue.com today, click the merchandise tab, and get yours now. All right, guys, we appreciate y'all joining in. Hey, listen, hey, do us a favor. Football season is about to be here. Hey, give us, give, we would, we would really appreciate it. If y'all, y'all give us a shout out. Uh, mention us on your social media pages. Um, we're, we're really excited about the football season. Um, and we're going to have a lot of great content coming out. Listen, this week, this week, big announcement. This week, we have something big coming uh, from Tigers Avenue. Um, I am really excited about it. Got to say, I, I, I worked a long time on it, wor- worked really hard on it. And so I, I'm really hoping that everyone enjoys it. Something uh, that will get you excited for the football season. Uh, but that, that'll probably be launching sometime midweek. Um, so I'm really, really excited about that. Got, got uh, some features in it with uh, Pooh Bear and Blake. So I'm really looking forward to that. Be checking out our uh, our Instagram, our Twitter, and our Facebook uh, for that to be released. Uh, give us a shout out. Uh, and as always, we've enjoyed having you in the Tigers Avenue. Five Star Hero, take us out. Peace. Who that, who that five star? Who that, who that five star? And the LSU Tigers, LSU Tigers. Who that, who that five star?